Cunt. Brilliant start to the recording. Hello, besties, and welcome back to the MB Rage podcast. It's been a little while. We've both been busy. Lots of stuff's been happening, so we've got lots and lots of stuff to talk about. Um, I feel like I usually have the worst habit of mentioning the trigger warnings about five seconds before we do them, so now I'm just going to get them out of the way at the start of the episode. So there's going to be all sorts of mentions of rape, homophobia, transphobia, and racism. If you're not on board with that stuff, this episode's not for you. That's cool. Um, don't worry about it. Um, Everything I want to mention before we get started is if you're watching this today, it's not HIV testing week, but if you're watching it tomorrow when it comes out, it is HIV testing week. So the only thing I will say is if you can and you're sexually active and stuff, go get a test because it's super quick and easy and very important to do so. Um, there's all that. With, with all that admin stuff out the way, it's head check time. Um, we have a lot of conservative M&M drama or gay M&M drama. They, 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 they change the M&Ms again. Fox News went literally absolutely insane. To be fair, I actually thought what they were doing initially was pretty cool because the M&Ms first released their first all-female M&Ms packet as part of a campaign that would donate all of their sales to organizations elevating women. Honestly, kind of a slay. Um, there was one Fox News panelist who was literally crazy. They were like, oh, yeah, she's an opportunistic, conniving bitch. I don't trust her. And I'm like, girl, if you're literally freaking out over an M&M, like that says something about you this to, to, m&m to is a conniving bitch yeah she was like if i see a person like that in real life i'm not gonna trust him i'm like okay but it's, it's, a, it's a fucking m&m like why are you so insecure and paranoid about an m&m that you are projecting this fictional woman onto it was it was very weird as i said in my notes girl it's a fucking chocky um also they just like um they were like oh all these m&ms are lesbian now they're not straight anymore and it's like they're not necessarily lesbian they're all just women you know maybe they can just be they can just be best friends and roommates. Although, they're if they're all M&Ms, oh, sorry, if they're all lesbians, I'd also be happy because I love lesbians. Um, yeah, it was pretty well, wild. I can't believe that Ray hates lesbians. I, okay, I just don't. I just don't hate lesbians. I love Ray, everyone who's fruity. Why do you hate lesbians? I don't hate lesbians. Oh my god, no, literally, all the turfs going to be watching this and they're literally going to be like, see guys, this is all the evidence oh that we god. need. Ray is going to be like the new popular person within the... Um, the turf sphere. Like, I'd better not be, honestly. I would literally cry. If it'll be my fault and it'll be the funniest thing ever. Yeah, thank you, King. Um, anyway, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they also, um, second update on that gay M&M drama, um, they eventually got rid of them because they were like, yeah, we're actually a family brand. Like, we complain too hard. And so now they don't have gay M&Ms anymore. And it was sad because I like the gay M&M saga. As I said, I love the gays, even if they are just a piece of chocolate. And now we just go back to boring-ass regular M&Ms. Although we do go back to sexy high-heeled boot green m&m so there's that um yeah then politics updates there's been a lot of stuff happening in politics don't know if you know this um uk and the us there's been lots of stuff you know i i, I made these notes full disclosure like on the 4th of jan so some of them are like a little bit outdated but i'll, I'll, I'll mention them anyway which is you made five promises one to have inflation two to grow the economy three to reduce debt four to cut hospital waiting lists and five to stop small boat crossings these are all kind of vague and don't really say that much. The main thing that was really bad for me was this, like, new anti-strike law, basically, which I think is being voted on next week, or at the, at the moment is basically being voted on. I know that the, you know, Labour are pushing hard to try and basically not get the bill passed through. Um, I can try find exactly what it says. Oh, yeah, it's anti-strike laws about minimum service levels. So, basically, the government plans introduced soon will allow bosses in health, education, fire, ambulance, rail, and nuclear commissioning to sue unions and sack employees if minimum levels are not met. Obviously, we've seen 
shit tons of strike action recently and the entire point of a strike action is they have to be disruptive and basically forcing people to work so that there's minimum levels is going to basically make strikes ineffective and pointless um apparently the original bill was drawn up by the incredible um anti-abortion man who who has investment in a company that makes the morning after pill so definitely isn't hypocrite jacob rees mogg um has uh originally had tougher thresholds for industrial action to take place but they were dropped um keir Starmer said he'd repeal the anti-trade union legislation and that is basically the only good policy that labor have come out with like in 2023 so you know well done you did the bare minimum as the the you know as the labor party and supported labor strikes in literally one capacity so that's crazy um also it's mental because like the whole thing is that the nhs is struggling and you think the best way to fix the nhs is to sack nhs staff who they're suing like girl what, what do you mean like that's not going to work um yeah then obviously there's a stop the boats pledge this was an empty promise about ending illegal immigration but there was i can't remember which mp it was it was a labor mp speaking to the home sec um suella braverman and pointed out that the only reason why um illegal immigration is increasing is because of how hard and how terrible the actual process of legal migration currently is i think he used the example of like if i'm a 16 year old afghan refugee and i'm trying to enter the country like what legal means do i have and she was like i don't know and or like i don't think there are any basically that if i remember correctly so yeah just lots of bad policies obviously the most famous one was the whole i want everyone to study a form of maths until they're 18 which is just a really like that's such a it's such a Rishi Sunak take, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I, I'm owned 50 billion pounds, I'm worth like a trillion, and I'm going to make everyone study maths till they're 18. Like, most people drop out of school at 16 to, like, go to full-time educate, like, full-time jobs. Why the fuck do they need maths? And as um, David Lammy pointed out, the Tories have missed their targets for number of math teachers every year since 2010. And what about all the other subjects? It's just kind of a nothing statement. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's a pretty... It's just a pretty bad policy. Also, Keir Starmer's done this whole, like take back yeah he's literally embraced the brexit slogan of take back control and we all know how brilliantly brexit is going currently so yeah that was a lot of information but yeah i'm overloaded sorry sorry besties but now we're going to talk about something that i'm sure you are already very aware of and it's very sad news which is the section 35 update in the previous episode we talked about how good it was that section 35 sorry no not section 35 update we talked about the GRC reform proposal that got passed in Scotland but then section 35 for people who don't know is the Scotland Act and basically it means that if Scotland or other countries um like that are like still a part of the UK but have their own government if they pass legislation that England believes to be a threat to the UK it can be vetoed so for example if Scotland was like we're gonna get we're gonna like denuclearize the country and get rid of all of our nuclear weapons then the UK government at Westminster would intervene and be like, no, we don't want that to happen. We think that's a threat to like UK security. We're going to veto that policy. For this reason, I don't know. I can't remember what the exact justification is for it, but I think they were like, the effect it's going to have on like women's rights or whatever is, is, is going to do something. So that's why they decided to repeal it. It is literally the most petty shit possible. As we said, the GRA reform does so little. All it does is make the process that's already incredibly invasive, less invasive, reduce wait times from two years down to like six months if you're below the age of 18 or three months if you're over the age of 18. Like it doesn't even make any effect on any of these policies. And yet like they're fucking freaking out about it. Literally the most petty shit ever. Um, 
Like, yeah, it, it's just fucking, it's fucking pathetic. Uh, but it was actually recently passed. Obviously, all the Tory MPs voted um, in favour of, you know, bringing Section 35, blocking this bill. And Labour, allegedly, Keir Starmer whipped his members to abstain from the vote. So, I don't know how to feel about that, because obviously Labour are usually pretty good for LGBTQ plus rights. And the fact that they're on the fence on issues like this at the moment just isn't very great. And I think he did like interviews and press runs and stuff. And he was basically like trying to do the whole two sides thing. He was like, look, guys, I love and respect trans people, but also I don't think 16 year olds should be allowed to transition and, and all this stuff. And it's just like, it's just so annoying. Do you know what I mean? I have a question. How do you become the leader of a party? Um... So I believe it was like, it's like, I, I, th I think you are, you get elected as an MP first and then you can like stand. And then initially I think it will be like, like at least the way which work with Tory votes, which I assume is how it worked with Labour is like the party members will pick who they want to be the leader of the party. And then the public like votes the top two, I think. Why don't um, they just not have Keir Starmer in please? Well, because, like, this is the thing is, like, that basically, like, the Labour Party has been split for quite a while between Momentum, who's, like, socialist, like, the left wing of the Labour Party, uh, at, of which Jeremy Corbyn was, like, a member of. He was, like, a part of that. He was, like, basically Momentum's pick for leader of the Labour Party. And then you've got um, people like Keir Starmer, who represent the more, like, centre-right of the party. That's, like, basically... Like, Tony Blair style, you know, Tony Blair, he introduced, like, New Labour, and they were really popular and did really great. And then Keir Starmer's like, I know what's going to win this next election. I'm basically going to be Tony Blair 2.0. And that's basically what he was trying to, like, bring back with his speech, which was is kind of dumb. And basically, that's been the whole thing. Um, Keir Starmer's done all sorts of stuff to make it more and more difficult for a, you know, generally right-wing, sorry, right-wing, left-wing, sorry, socialist person wow. like Jeremy Corbyn to get voted in. Um, so he's, 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 like, restricted tons of legislation. But... Yeah, it, 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 that, that's basically the reason why. It's like there's massively split in the party. And the other thing is, like, he's doing really well in all the polls, mainly because of how terribly the Tories are as a party. So they're not going to get rid of him anytime soon. Yeah, it's kind of sad. And also on the, like, whole trans rights yeah. issue, it does seem like there's, like, like, a split. Obviously, you've got Rosie Duffield, who, like, girl, I don't know what she's doing. She keeps complaining, like, how... Like, recently she said, like, she got, like... She basically accused the labor party of like 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 trying to silence her as a woman and like basically like blitting her harassing her but as far as i was aware the comment she received was you should spend more time like campaigning in your constituency than having lunches with jk rowling which i think hot take kind of fair um but yeah it's like you've got people like that and members of the labor party who are like turfs and then you've also got you know people some who are avidly supporting trans whites there were i think either nine or eleven Labour MPs who, you know, defied party rules and decided to vote in favour of um, not repealing Section 35 anyway, including two of my absolute faves, um, uh, Nadia Whitmore. Um, she's, she's an absolute queen. Love her. Um, so I was very grateful for, you know, to get some support. But yeah, it's just kind of pretty messed up. I want to know how um, Count Binface um, yeah. voted. Honestly, I mean, I, I simply... He's still an MP, isn't he? Uh, I don't know if he's an MP, but he, he goes he's in Boris Johnson's constituency. But Boris Johnson, I think, is supposed to lose that constituency. But obviously, Camp Binface wouldn't win. It would be Labour instead of uh, Camp Binface. Why? Why? Well, because well, because Labour would get more votes than the Tory. So it usually goes Tory, Labour, and then like Camp Binface as an independent gets like 
couple thousand or whatever. But Campaign Face would not do better than Labour or Tories, I don't think. He needs to. I think that he should... Um, I feel like he would be a great trans ally. I honestly, I don't know. I've, I've not spoken to him, but ho- hopefully, hopefully he will be. I've not spoken to him. But yeah, I've, I don't know. Maybe, maybe next episode we'll, we'll get him on the pod and chat to him. Um, oh yeah. So the other thing that was really messed up about this whole situation was basically they had no justifications for well, like why it's bad, and then they used the example of one trans prisoner to like disprove the whole thing, and it was um, I can't remember her name. Basically, she is a rapist, and she was. Lots of people reported that she was being housed in the women's prison. This isn't true. She was held in solitary confinement in a women's prison, but, like, she wasn't in danger or a threat to other women. She was, like, by herself. Um, and everyone was like, see, look, this person was a man when they raped these two women, and now they're trans, and da 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 That obviously means that, you know, under this legislation, it's like, yeah, but, like, like that wouldn't have affected the legislation. One, because legislation, like, hasn't passed yet. So if this person did it previously, how does that undermine this legislation being brought in? Also, two, like, yeah, it, it's just a... Uh, Sorry, I, I lost my train of thought there. Like, yeah, it's like not relevant because they were they were held in an isolated space. And the way in which it works for trans prisoners is they evaluate them very, very carefully and decide which prison is going to be better. For example, if they're a trans rapist, they're going to go, okay, they're not going into the women's prison, they're going into the man's prison. Um, I saw a thing on Twitter the other day. Let me try find the exact numbers for the breakdown because the amount of actual trans prisoners in Scottish prison is ridiculously low. It's like super, super low. But people are still freaking out about it anyway because... Um, People are dumb. Where is it? Yeah, so there are more articles about trans women in women's prisons on BBC Scotland right now than there are trans women in women's prisons. I believe the total number of trans women in women's prisons is five. So that's what they're freaking out about. And it's like, yeah, like, obviously, just going to go ahead and say it. I do not, I believe, because this is another thing I think is, is, is not taking into account when we discuss sex. We focus so much on trans women and this trans rapist and go, it's terrible and wrong that she is in women's prisons. Once she was in women's prisons, but yes, I agree with you. She should not be held in women's prisons. She's a threat to women's safety. But no, no, no cis women should be held in women's prisons if they're also a rapist. Like, they should also be held in solitary confinement or someone else. But that's, like, not a part of the conversation. Also, people also very much admit the fact that sticking trans women um in men's prisons is not a solution to the problem either um so i think there should either be a separate space where they can they, if they are a threat to women's safety but it's obviously still not safe for them to go into men's prisons i believe they should be held in solitary or somewhere else but that's the thing it's like people always just as i say people always like forget trans men in the conversation and forget like people just assume oh well you know we'll stick them in in the man prison and they'll be fine and it's like that's also not the case um but it's literally so mental um and I think the UK government has literally changed their rules so that they're housing inmates based on genitalia. But as I said, let it let let it be known that this will just mean more trans women get raped and it does nothing to help actual cis cis women. Um, it's like so stupid. Also, the trans prisoner herself, I can't remember her name. She didn't have a GRC. So the whole argument is, well, um, we can't let them have GRC reform because what if someone pretends to be trans and goes into the women's prison? Well, uh, you'd need a GRC, right? If, if the argument is a GRC is a problem, that person, I don't believe, has a GRC. You don't need a GRC um to like be trans as far as i'm as far as i'm aware like it's literally a certificate that would just mean you can like it, it doesn't affect your access to women's spaces the a grc so the, the entire argument still falls flat on its face and they've obviously been stirring up so much stuff about this using this as a really clear example and it's like it doesn't even fucking work it doesn't even make sense why don't they just implement policy that will then mean that it's called you'll need a grc 
to be able to go to a women's room, pres uh, women's prison if you are trans a trans woman. Well, exactly. That would be better reform, but obviously, obviously they're not going to oppose that. So it's kind of dumb. Uh, yeah, and I did also want to talk about this, which is not something that's quite the same. But I do want to talk about how this whole conversation is distracting away from the real problems. We can all agree that, you know, sexual assault and rape in this country is terrible. And especially like, you know, the, the, like, the, like the conviction rates for women is absolutely fucking terrible and disgusting. But while we're putting, or the UK media is putting so much focus onto basically portraying every single trans woman who exists as a threat to women's safety, you know, just like what they were saying about lesbians and gay people in the 70s and 80s. What we're not talking about is the actual threats to women's safety, which is how terrible sexual assault and rape is in this country. Um, firstly, we have obviously Andrew Tate. We've spoken about him in the past. Um, we know how fucking terrible this person is. He's obviously since got to prison, got arrested by uh, Romanian authorities on, like, as far as I'm aware, um, what's it called? Um, you know, sex trafficking charges. But one thing we didn't find out until a really good advice report from early, earlier last month is that um, he was arrested on suspicion of sexual, of sexual assault and physical assault in the UK in 2015, but was not prosecuted for it in 2019 because there was an out of, uh, out of, out, uh, can't speak, ounce of doubt in the case. And I do want to read out the whole, um, thing because I, I, I think it's important to read. Um, I'll tell you the, the Vice article as well, because I think it's a very good, important article to read. They did a great, um, interview series. It's up on their YouTube channel. Really like Vice, good fan of the reporting. Um, the title of the article is literally, I love raping you. What Andrew Tate told women who accused him of rape. Like he literally sent someone a text message of that. Um, it was literally awful. Like, like, like what happened? He was like, yeah, the, the, like that is, it's, it's just awful. Um, one says she was, yeah, so there's one, um, yeah, there's, so there's three women who came out and accused him basically. One said she was raped. The other said she'd been repeatedly strangled they revealed that after their initial complaints in 2015 hertfordshire police took four years to cast the case to prosecutors who then dis declined to prosecute so these women accused him of sexual assault and rape in 2015 and then it was not even passed over to prosecutors for four years that is really slow um and in the end of 2019 they were told there was no re realistic prospect of a conviction um uh i'm gonna try yeah find it um it was literally so insane the case so one of these women whose who's, who's name's been kept anonymous um you know they were like on the bed like kissing whatever whatever and then all of a sudden he just stopped laid back on the bed uh she said what's wrong this guy literally laid there and went i'm just debating whether i should rape you or not and then he does you know rape her it's really fucking terrible and the reason why um, they decided not to prosecute in this case. The reason why they said there was an ounce of doubt in the case was because um, they stayed in a relationship for a bit after that. Um, and so they were like, well, why would you, if, if it was really rape, why would you stay in a relationship with them? And that just completely misunderstands how, like, you know, victims, you know, sometimes cope with that thing. Like, that person literally said the reason why she stayed in a relationship with him was because she was like, if I sleep in a relationship, stay in a relationship with him, then I can say that, you know, what happened to me was consensual. It's like regaining, like, like power what's it called it. pardon like, like she would be regaining power from it yeah exactly so th that's why she wanted to stay in a relationship with him and that is not as far as i'm aware uncommon from you know cert certain victims of, of rape or sexual assault i think lots of times as well i think it's something like 45 percent of like rape or sexual assault cases happen they're in a relationship with the person um so like the whole idea that oh you're in a relationship so therefore it means it must be consensual is just so ridiculous and it shows how terrible like the the, the system is in this country in regards to it like that is it, it's just so bad that they wouldn't prosecute um because 
because of that. Like, it's it's terrible. Um, the UK police has also done internal investigations. I can't remember what year, but they did internal investigations and found out that they themselves, like, as a force, are really, really bad in terms of handling, you know, sexual assault and rape. This is the thing we should be talking about. We have many, many examples of just how terrible um, the, the police are in this country in regards to rape and sexual assault. But instead of having those conversations and talking about how we need massive reform there so that these, you know, you know, women, well, or anyone who, you know, is sexually assaulted or raped can actually get the support. Instead, we're focusing on let's just ban trans women. And even if we do ban trans women because they are a threat to women's safety, which they're not, that still doesn't affect the fact that cis women who, you know, or anyone who faces rape or sexual assault is still really unlikely to face any justice because of how terrible the fucking system is to them. It's so incredibly frustrating. Um, so the other case I want to bring up is specific to the Met Police, which is... Um, the David Carrick allegations. Basically, he was a Met Police officer arrested in October 20, uh, 2021 and has pleaded guilty to 80 counts of sexual assault and at least 47, um, admitted to like, raping at least 47 different people. This means one of the country's most prolific sex offenders was working in the police for 20 years. Um, he was allegedly reported to the Met nine times between, 20, 20, uh, between, sorry, between 2000 and 2021. Some of these reports were for rape. That is absolutely insane. Why do you not immediately suspend without pay someone that has been accused of that? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to find the exact um, thing. Yeah, the Met has apologized after emerged it come to the attention of the police over nine incidents, including rape allegations between 2000 and 2021. I don't know what happened. Maybe they investigated and couldn't find enough evidence. Maybe they just threw it out. But it seems crazy to me that with, you know, repeated different allegations against this individual... Um, like, it's absolutely shocking. Um, the, the Met Police Chief said that there, there were failings and opportunities to remove character from policing were missed. Uh, no fucking shit. Like, this is absolutely terrible. This comes less than a year after Wayne Cousins was literally nicknamed by, like, people in his WhatsApp group, the, the rapist who murdered and raped Sarah Everard. Um, David, David Carrick also had a nickname. His nickname was Bastard Dave. And everyone go, oh, you know, Dave the Bastard, he's just so, you know, da 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 And it's like... It shows that there's an institutional culture, at least in the Met Police, of sort of like, lol, that's like funny and like not taking these things super, super seriously. Um, and as I said, like, as I said in my notes, the whole idea that like trans women are a threat to women's safety and, you know, you need to pretend to be a trans woman in order to sexually assault someone is ridiculous. If you want to pretend to sexually assault someone, you can just do it, become a police officer and do it yeah. for fucking free. Like David Carrick literally would meet people on dating, dating websites and like talk them afterwards and say, no one's ever going to believe you. I'm a police officer. And he was like really high up in the police. Him and Wynne Cousins were part of like the elite force, like some of the most experienced police chiefs in the country. Some of the like most, you know, highest ranking positions. It's, like, fucking terrible that this happened. I can't remember the exact statistic, but I saw it on Twitter a few days ago. It said you're something like 200 or maybe, maybe like 200 times more likely to be sexually assaulted. But it was, like, 200,000 times more likely to get... No, I can't remember what it was. I think it's something like one in... It was my Tory MP. It was, like, you're something like 200,000 times more likely to get sexually assaulted by a Tory MP than you are by a trans woman. Yet they aren't campaigning to ban Tories from women's only spaces, which would be great because I don't like um, Tories in, in my space. Not that I use women's spaces, but anyway. Um, also, no as it was... No more Tories in this space. <laughs> yeah, this is not a safe space for Tories. Sorry, besties. No more Tories in space. Tories True. aren't allowed to go to space anymore. Hashtag women in STEM, not Tories in, not Tories in women's spaces. Um, as a response to, you know, the David Carrick and Wayne Cousins um, 
situations. The Met Police are now checking all 45 officers to see if they've missed anything, which includes over 1,000 claims of sexual assault or domestic abuse, uh, which include over 800 officers. If all those officers are guilty, that would mean one in every 45 police officers are sex offenders. But obviously, the real threat to women's safety is the transits. And this is the point that I'm making, is I am someone who is, you know, I, I, I try my hardest to... Rape and sexual assault is fucking terrible and disgusting, and I want as much as possible for all the people who suffer it to face justice. And it is so incredibly frustrating that this system is absolutely fucking terrible, and we're not having the right conversations about it. We should not be saying that, you know, trans women are the problem, when statistically there's so much evidence to show that trans women are statistically more likely to be victims of sexual assault, not perpetrators of sexual assault. Um, rather than having conversations about, you know, with about this rather than having the right conversations we're just having the wrong ones and it really fucking pisses me off this is not going to help anyone banning trans women from women's spaces is not going to help cis women at all it's just going to make lives worse for trans women and as i said all these people who face sexual assault and stuff they are not going to benefit at all from trans women being banned from women's spaces they're still going to have just a fucking shit of a time so it's just so annoying that these conversations have happened in this way i think we should just ban tories tories should just be banned Honestly, you know, it's it's a decent suggestion. It's a decent suggestion. I'm 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 kind of no more Tories. Um, That's uh, my political position. That's my um, campaign policy. No more Tories. I'd I'd agree to that. I'd agree to that policy. It sounds pretty slow. Tories are now banned. Yeah, as as we said, this is not a safe space for Tories. I I am joking, of course. We never condoned violence. Um, but yeah, the only other thing I want to say is. What does this mean? What does Section Thirty Five actually mean in terms of Scottish independence? Well. Get, get excited, all my Scottish besties listening, if there are any of you. Um, basically, I think this is going to really strengthen the case for Scottish independence. At the back end of last year, Scotland had a major setback uh, as the High Court ruled that they couldn't have another independence referendum. So, and then the, right at the start of this year, they passed legislation about the GR, GR, uh, GRR reform, and that gets blocked by the UK. So this is the second time that the UK has directly intervened in and preventing them from passing some of their policies. So Scotland is going to increasingly see every single time we try to pass legislation, every time we try to, you know, act as a devolved country, England steps in and intervenes. So I think if Scotland were to have another referendum, it could genuinely make an impact, like the fact that, they, that the UK government keeps intervening, keeps blocking their legislation. Um, yeah, so that would be pretty interesting to see if there would be another referendum vote. I know that when, when th- Section 35 was called, literally all of trans Twitter was just saying, big shout out to the UK government for hating trans people so much that they decided to break up the United Kingdom. Uh, that would honestly be a massive slay for the transes if we broke up the United Kingdom. No more United Kingdom, only Kingdom. Kingdom in disarray. Kingdom in disarray, yeah, true. Um, so yeah, that, that was what I wanted to chat about. I know the topic was quite heavy, but it's something that is, you know, it, it is very important to me and I think needs to be spoken about because... You know, we've all had these conversations, I'm sure, over the past few weeks or whatever, maybe with your family, whatever, about what it means. But I don't think we're having the right conversations when it comes to prison reform. Uh, also, I think the uh, only other point I want to mention, I can't remember the exact name, but it was um, the place where that trans prisoner I spoke to earlier was being housed in solitary confinement was a prison that was like literally absolutely terrible for women. It was so bad that like they had to remove the previous um like chief officer in front of it because they were like in like absolutely terrible, like inhumane conditions they had to temporarily like I, I believe they weren't like letting anyone in because like the conditions were so terrible if you care about women's rights uh what you should be saying is not a single woman should be in that fucking prison it is literally so terrible 
Like, it's absolutely fucked. Yeah, but, but where are they meant to go, Ray? Hmm? Yeah, and it, well, to go? Do you just want prisoners running wild within our, our wonderful country? I mean, there are the more United than... There, 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 are, there are more than one, you know, prison base. But also, the, I think no, the thing that was worse about it was... No, there's not. There's <sighs> only one prison. Yeah, there, there is. There's only one prison. That's why all the trances are in it and, and taking it over. Um, the trances are taking over the women's prison. True. Um, yes, the trans there's that. Gangs? trans gangs uh as i said i know that's been pretty deep something i'm very passionate about so now the rest of the episode hopefully is going to be a little bit more light-hearted starting with i don't know if anyone saw this but i was my hyperfixation for about four days was the um the vote for speaker of the house it was absolutely fucking wild like four days in u.s politics right at the start of january basically nancy pelosi she was the democrat speaker of the house she's she's retired she's she's gone Kevin McCarthy has been the minority leader of the House since 2020. Basically, the way in which the Speaker of the House vote works is, like, you know, based on the number of people who are House of Representatives, they will, like, vote on a candidate. I think 220 is the threshold needed to become voted. So it all depends on how many votes you get. Like, and Nancy Pelosi was Speaker of the House because, you know, the Dems had a majority in the House. Everyone voted in favor of Nancy Pelosi. She becomes leader of the House. And then the minority leader of the House is the candidate that the other party gets behind. So Kevin McCarthy was a Republican nominee. He got all the votes in 2020. He became minority leader of the House. Basically, in the midterms, the Republicans gained control of the House of Representatives. And so now there was a swearing in. Oh, sorry. It's not 220. It's 218 votes to be elected leader. So basically... Dems and Republicans vote for the candidate they want. Usually they all vote behind one person. You need 218 votes to be elected leader. And the, um, but there were 20 hardline Republicans who some of the media and some of the, um, like, speakers were calling the Taliban 20, which I think is such a fucking hard political nickname. Oh my goodness. So these 20 hardline Republicans, um, um, yeah, basically repeatedly voted against, um, Kevin McCarthy, including Matt Gates, a man who was formerly under investigation for child sex trafficking. Uh, fun fact, I don't, I cannot possibly confirm or deny this, but some people have speculated that one of the reasons why um, Matt Gates was so adamantly anti-Kevin McCarthy was because he doesn't think that Kevin McCarthy gave him enough support in basically getting that child sex trafficking investigation, like, out of the public eye. I, I think the child sex trafficking case has basically, like, not come to anything. I don't know if they reached an agreement. I, I, I don't think, like, I think what happened was, like, basically it didn't go anywhere. So I don't think he got... They, they would, like, start an investigation, then it sort of, like, fizzled out. I don't really know. Um, so I cannot legally say that he is a... He's done the child sex trafficking. But, yeah, that's absolutely fucking wild that he might have voted against Kevin McCarthy because he was like, you didn't support me enough when I was accused of child sex trafficking. Fucking wild. Why... Why are fucking Republicans like this? It's literally always... You it's... You, we're supposed to be together like one group the republicans and you didn't support me when i was accused of rape sorry if any of my friends are accused of if any of my friends are accused of rape or child grooming like that is that's fucking it bro what do you mean support you fuck you that you're a horrible person if you won't support me well firstly you're not going to do that stuff and if you did i'd be like no ew that's disgusting go away you know not safe space for tories not a safe space for pedos bro i hate pedos what do you mean, Ray? Stop, we're not doing this bit. But Ray. <laughs> okay, right, yeah. So, basically, 20 hotline Republicans, including Matt Gaetz, um, kept on voting against Kevin McCarthy. Um, and it was just really funny to watch. The Democrats were all united behind one uh, one leader, and the Republicans were infighting, which made the Republicans look super bad. 
it was the first time since 1923 that the House adjourned without a speaker. Um, so you might be thinking, right, why are they doing this? What is their strategy? Basically, it seems as though the Taliban 20, that's how I'm going to refer to them now, because I think that's a really funny political nickname. Um, they were basically trying to force concessions out of McCarthy. Like, for example, um, they can, like, force, like, oh, give me a better position, and then I'll vote for you. Stuff like that. Or, um, or what they might have been trying to do was um, get a more conservative dude in instead. Um, what, that, what the Speaker of the House actually does is basically vote through which legislation they want to do, vote down, like, other parties, and basically, like, whip everyone to get to support their policy. Come on, guys, vote for this policy, da-da-da. That's basically what they do. Um, in terms of other potential candidates, I was making these notes, by the way, like when we still didn't have a confirmed Speaker of the House, um, but the other candidates, one of them was Hakeem Jeffries. He was, he won basically the vast majority of the votes. He had 212 consistently, but the problem was it would have made six Republicans cross party lines to vote for a Democratic candidate, which obviously didn't end up happening. At first, it looked like it would be Steve Scalisi, who was McCarthy's number two, and was supported by the Taliban 20. Um, but, yeah, basically, that's the thing. Um, another another person, uh, yes, yeah, so it was, it was absolutely wild. Um, at the seventh vote for Speaker, Matt Gaetz um, voted for Trump to be Speaker of the House. Uh, Trump can technically be Speaker. You don't have to be an elected member of Congress to be Speaker, but, like, it's very unlikely that an entire party will support you if you're not an elected member of the House. He was eventually voted in, but it took 15 rounds of voting. I think that was, like, the third or fourth most. I think all the other times when it took longer was when, like, they were voting about whether or not they wanted to ban slavery or not. So, good job, guys. Um, that's a really great look for you. Um, there was also one wild moment on the floor where Matt Gates literally almost came to blows with Representative Mike Rogers. It was literally fucking crazy. Um... And it all changed in round 12 when 14 holdouts changed their votes to McCarthy. Um, he had to give up all kinds of concessions. So overall, it's a, it's a fat Republican L. I just loved, I just loved watching it. Um, yeah, I also want to mention, yeah, it, 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 it was just, it was just fucking crazy, basically. It was literally an insane situation. Why? Why are they like this? I know, like, therapy. Have, you, have you seen, like, the, the fucking, what's it called, the, the, the China spy balloon as well? Like, honestly, American politics is so wild at the moment. What was the China? Basically, China? like, China had, like, a, a balloon. Allegedly, it was, I, I don't even know. It was, like, a weather balloon, but apparently it was, like, China. And everyone's like, it's a China spy balloon. And it's like, yeah, no shit. You put, like, a billion military bases on China's borders. And now they have one air balloon near America. And suddenly, like, this is 1984. And then, like, basically, there are a bunch of, like, Republican senators being like, I'm going to shoot down the air balloon. I'm, you know, vote for me. I'll shoot down the Chinese air balloon. It's like, girl, what is going on? Like, you're literally fucking going to deliver an air balloon in the sky. But... Yeah, it was crazy. So, yeah, why, that is... Why was the air balloon there? Well, I don't know. I, 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 it's not been confirmed if it was, like, a Chinese thing or not. I got shot down yesterday anyway, so it doesn't even matter. I, it was a very sad day for, for Twitter. I, I loved I loved the gay... I, I'm going to still calling it the gay air balloon. The gay Chinese spy balloon. It was my favourite favorite news story of the week, and it got shot down. Why is it gay now? I don't... Well, because Republicans hate gay stuff, so it probably is gay. You know, they probably think... It's grooming! It's grooming, groomer balloon. <laughs> the air balloon is grooming children. The air balloon is trans, it's grooming children, bro. What do you mean? What the fuck? Yeah. So uh, the sky is grooming children somehow. Yeah, literally. So it's that was. All, it's how all of the trans people get around. Yeah, we, we'll travel by balloon. Yeah, literally. Trans attack force. Yeah. Um, so that was all our, all our, all our wild political stories um, of, 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 of the week. I hope you enjoyed. And now we have something 
even less controversial than United Kingdom to talk about. The Prince Harry drama. Um, we haven't had an official view on Mexico, um, which for those of you who don't know is, you know, you know, Meghan Markle leaving the royal family. It's kind of a kind of a crazy thing over in the UK because basically um, they've decided that Meghan Markle is the worst royal of all time, even though um, Prince Andrew is literally, in my opinion, a sex offender and a paedophile. And it's like, no, we don't like the brown woman. We, we, we like the paedophile, though, because the queen liked the paedophile. Allegedly. I'm taking that out of context. Oh, brilliant. That's, that's I'm just... Gonna, I'm going to clip the fuck out of that. Yeah, I mean... I, know, I don't I, like brown women. Oh, fuck. I, yeah, that is very bad out of context clip, to be fair. I do love I do love brown women. Okay, I love everyone, okay? Unless you're a Tory. That's what I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep saying it. Brown women? Why are you... Rach- why are you... Uh, <laughs> objectifying... I'm not objectifying brown. Okay, right. But I'm just going to continue on with, with with my serious research. Okay, Red. I'm very angry. All right. So I'll give you the quick rundown because I know everyone is very bored of, of, of the Meghan Markle situation. May May 19th, 2018, Harry and Meghan get married. And then after they get married, in my opinion, they face an, an unfair amount of, of media attention. Mostly negative. And again, in my opinion, please don't sue me or the brilliant, very many horrible newspaper publications we have in the UK. In my opinion, lots of the coverage they have was pretty racist. There are many, many examples of double standards in reaction in regards to articles covering Meghan and articles um, covering Kate that showcase this. I will try to find some examples. Have I got any? Um, let me see what this one is. Oh, no, yeah. Uh, I might be able to find them later. Anyway, um, yeah, basically, January 2020, they then lift the royal family after a letter between Meghan and her estranged father was published in the Daily Mail and Meghan said to her like Prince Harry I have suicidal thoughts basically since then they've been releasing a series of claims throughout this book and interviews that throw a little bit of shade on the royal family although this book which is called Spare is definitely like seems to be the worst by far the most infamous moment recently was on the 7th of March 2021 this infamous Oprah interview happened where there were some shocking claims revealed um there was some that so, there was one that someone had repeatedly raised concerns about the colour of their son Archie's skin, or even though we don't know who that individual was. Uh, they implied the system was institutionally racist, a claim that Harry also seems to repeat in his book. And something that's also like become more prevalent with the whole uh, Ngozi Fulani experience with Lady Hussey. Um, of course, the British media was like shocked and appalled. Oh my goodness, you accused the you accused the colonial royal family of maybe being racist. I can't believe that. You know, how, how, how? I, can't, I can't I can't believe that the system built off of racism could possibly be racist yeah but the queen's so nice red how could it possibly be racist she's just a nice old woman and as we know old people are never racist uh, anyway uh, allegedly in my opinion i'm just kidding i actually love the queen i i think she's amazing okay there we God go save our gracious... although she did get jersey pride cancelled so lizzie i've still not forgiven you for that but it's okay um yeah of course yeah. british media was shocked and appalled including Piers morgan who stormed off gmb um, when he said when when he said that he didn't believe Meghan Markle when she said she had suicidal thoughts, um, yeah. As I as I as I said in my notes, girl, why are you surprised the royal family is racist? Like obviously the British royal family is racist. What do you mean they are the colonialist bestie? And again, all my own opinion. I'm I, I, I'm not. Yeah. Um. And then yeah. Then the book happened. Some of the claims was literally wild. Um. But it has also kind of changed my situation on it a little bit because for a while. I still think that it's very funny that we talked about how. Um, he got frostbite on his dick. Yeah, like as I said, like some of the stuff was like sometimes I'm like, girl, do I need to know this information? Like there was this one thing like he got frostbite on his dick, and then they were like, oh, you need to use this cream, but then the cream like had his mum's face on it or something. No, it had like the it's queen's the, face uh, on his, it. His mum, 
uh, used that cream, so it reminded him of her, and then he put it on his dick. Yeah, and he was like, I'm going to put this... Like, I literally thought that that clip was fake, where he was, like, talking about, am I going to put this cream of my mother on my todger? I literally thought, like, that was, like, a meme, but, like, no, it's, like, actually legit. Like, what? Girl, why are we talking about you putting cream on your... On, you put your mum's face cream on your dick? It was weird. It was it was very weird. Um, so, yeah, it has kind of changed my situation on the whole Harry-Meghan thing, for ages. Because, also, I've been a big Meghan-Harry stan. Um, I completely agree with them that the media was terrible to them and i also agree with them that the royal family is institutionally racist again in my opinion uh, i believe that they should be allowed to speak about their experience and criticize the system but i feel like this situation including his brother is like not necessarily the best um because i don't think airing your family's dirty laundry in public is, is a very good way obviously you know there's been reports of like tensions between him and his brother and airing out your dirty laundry in public is not going to help at all so essentially i agree with what he's saying but not like how he's doing it all the time also some of the stuff he's like accused like, like he said, it was wrong how, like, um, basically, Meghan's dad kept on getting, you know, published in the press all the time and, and made all these claims about Harry and, Harry and Meghan without consulting them. And then it's like, are you not kind of doing the same thing with your brother? Yeah. It just seems a bit hypocritical. Um, yeah. So Meghan is still a queen. Absolutely love her. Um, it is quite interesting, though, because it's a sad story because obviously he's immensely privileged. And it seems as though he was aware of it and he's, like, tried to change himself. But ultimately, it still seems as though, like... He's like, he, he he's acknowledges that the system is institutionally racist and has got flaws of it, but he doesn't want to change the system. Like, he's still like, no, the system's still good, we should still keep the system. And I'm like, I don't really see how that can how that can work. If the, you, how, how can you be like, the system's bad, it's institutionally racist, but also we should keep the system, it's fine. Like, that's something that I just thought was a bit, like, weird. Because um, he wants to keep being able to reap the benefits of a bad system. Yeah, basically. Like, he wants to have his cake and eat it. He knows, like, as far as I'm aware, that it's incredibly, like, you know, like, if you are a member of that system, you become super rich, you have all this privilege and all this stuff. Obviously, it's not perfect. Like, as he said, he did have some issues with it growing up and, and, and stuff, and that's very sad. But also, it's like... He'd, I think the reason why he doesn't want to get rid of the system is because he benefits hugely from that system. It's, it's you know, it's still a source of, of, of privilege. Um... And then did like a two, almost two hour long interview with Bradbury where he discussed some of the claims made in his book. Uh, he said he never claimed the royal family were racist towards Meghan in regards to comment about their children's skin colour, but calls it unconscious bias and says the situation between Ngozi Fulani showcases the type of environment that they're in. Um, for those who don't know about what happened with Ngozi Fulani, basically she um, runs the charity Sister Space, which is, I believe, a charity, a, a UK based charity for um, like black black women who face like sexual and domestic violence uh, and she went to a like charity dinner thing back end of last year and she met um lady hussey who was like allegedly the queen's favorite lady in waiting and all this stuff and basically lady hussey kept on repeatedly asking her where she was from and she was like where are you from and she was like i think i think she said like i'm from well she said like i'm from london and she was like no but where are you from like obviously the whole micro question where are you really from type thing mm -hmm. and then like and Gozi Flan did the whole thing and was like yeah this was terrible I feel like I was you know a victim of, of racism and eventually um Lady Hussey stepped down and of course the whole UK press was like this isn't racist it's not racist to ask where you're from if I ask you where you're from and I'm like yeah it's not racist to ask where someone's from but it is racist to like basically not be acceptable with their answer it's like oh no like basically just keep asking until they give you an answer that's like you know all, all that shit like it's it's it, yeah if, if you don't accept their yeah. their response if they say like where you're from you say they're from london and you keep I'm asking from... like where are you really from that's just racist yeah um i don't understand what is wrong with these people yeah it's 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 
fucking wild. So I have seen people's opinions of Harry change since this book came out. Uh, I, as far as I'm aware, it's incredibly sad what happened to him. And most of the Outlandic claims were taken out of context, it does seem. But, of course, most of the British media have been pretty unforgiving about the whole situation. And I don't think that's fair, because I feel like we should still be, like, sympathetic of, of, of what happened. He also claimed that William had a fairly similar experience in terms of upbringing. And so if this is what it's like, then, as far as I'm aware, I don't really get how you can still defend the, the, the royal family with all the, like, claims that they're making. If, you know, Harry and William are having, like, the most fucking terrible, awful time ever, like, maybe we don't need that system. Kind of hot take, kind of crazy. But as I also said... I do find it hard to sympathise with. Like, obviously, there's stuff that can make their life harder, but it's still insanely privileged, you know? Like, it, it, it's it's not easy in a lot of ways, but, yeah, it, it, it is still an insane position of privilege. Uh, once again, though, Megan is a girl, is, is a queen. I will stand Megan until I die. She's an absolute girl. legend. She's, she's a woman. She, she is. Does women things. She did be doing that sometimes. That is also a very good point, Red. Um... Yeah, so that was our situation on, on, on Megxit. Do you have any other thoughts? Add? Um, I hate the royal family. Well, do you know what? That's fair. And your own opinion, which you're allowed to express. Anyway, there's all that stuff. Now I want to talk about everyone's favourite section. It's miscellaneous stuff. Ray there's lots of miscellaneous stuff be happening. Ray said, that, Ray said that they would come to my house and kill me if I didn't support I did not say that. I didn't even support the royal family, bestie. I am a big fan of, of you know. Anyway, um, miscellaneous stuff. So, there's all sorts of stuff. The census data. Did you see the census data? It was pretty cool. I did not see the census data. Yeah, well, census data. I can't even I swear, like, we filled out the census in, like, 2021. And then for some reason, it did come out to, like, 2022. But anyway, uh, it was the first time questions about sexuality and gender identity were asked in a UK census. And... 1.3 million people identify as LGB. Uh, for people aged between six, age 16 and over, more than 1.5%. Um, that's se uh, seven, almost 750,000 people identified as gay or lesbian. And 624,000, so 1.3% of the population, identified as bisexual. 165,000, um, 100,000 people identified as other sexual, uh, other sexual orientation. The most common ones were pansexual, ace, and queer. Uh, I love that queer is the third most common um, form of orientation. Did you see that really terrible Guardian article where they were like, don't say queer, it's a rude word. And I'm like, what? No, I didn't. But that I've been enriched by the knowledge that they're angry about that for some reason. Yeah, I know. It's like, he was like, oh, well, we were called queer. It was a slur. And it's like, yeah, but like now it's like been a reclaimed slur. Do you know what I mean? And it's also like, I think it's a difference because like, at least when I was growing up, it was, like, gay was the insult, not being queer. But, like, yeah, being queer, especially, like, in terms of what it means now, like, queer literally means, like, in a non-cis-heterosexual relationship. Like, it doesn't just mean, like, a weirdo gay person anymore. So, like, I don't see a problem with identifying as queer, you know? Like, I identify as queer because I'm non-binary, so all my relationships are going to be queer. By definition. So, you know? What are you going to do? Not be gay. True. Don't do that. Being gay is pretty cool. Um, yeah, so that was all that. 7.5% um, of the population did not answer the question about their um, sexuality, and 6% did not disclose their sexuality. So overall, 89.4% heterosexual in the UK. In terms of gender identity, 93.5% 90, said their gender is the same as their sex assigned at birth, 0.5% said trans, and 6% did not answer, um, which is an absolute slay. Uh, it was actually, like, lower, like, sorry, higher than I thought, like, especially, like, less than 90% heterosexual in the UK. I thought it'd be, like, 95%, but that's a pretty girl boss. Um, of the 0.5% of the population, um, 
48,000 identified as a trans man um, or woman. 30,000 uh, 30, reps said they identified as non-binary. What a slay. And 18,000 uh, wrote down a different gender identity. So the evil transgender that's taking over the whole world equates to literally 0.5% of the UK population, yet faces so much more scrutiny. Uh, also, another thing that's unsurprising is the cities were more fruity than the rural areas. Uh, how gay is your area? D did, you, did you check it out? Did you see how fruity where you live is? I saw where mine is. Mine's not actually that fruity. It's kind of quite sad, but... More fruity in Leeds, I guess. Yeah, it's like more fruity in like the like, shooting bits, obviously. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so I'm trying to trying to find it as well. Uh, yeah. Get yeah, it's pretty. Leads. It's pretty Come crazy. On. Um, fruitier leads apparently. How fruit is it? Oh, it's eight. It's eighty-eight point four two percent from people aged sixteen and over. So that's pretty slay. Um, I yeah. Love gay people. I do as well. It's pretty cool. Um, there was also a really good thing as well about, like, obviously one of the big concerns that all the genderqueer people have at the moment is, like, they're transing the gay away and all this stuff. And it was, like, just no evidence for that at all. Statistically, it was, like, the percentage of people identifying as trans was pretty similar. The percentage of people identifying as, like, lesbian, I think, increased, um, well, well, like, well, like increased as you went younger and younger, which is pretty cool. So the idea that they're, like, transing the gay away is not true. Almost like it was never true. But, yeah, I just like looking at the census. It was pretty cool. Um yeah and yeah it, it was great um other missed stuff that happened uh noah schnapp of course plays will Byers in stranger things um who is allegedly fruity although we haven't seen his coming out happen yet although it's supposed to happen i believe next season um yeah noah schnapp came out as gay and says maybe i'm more similar to will than i'm thought further hinting at those lgbt will Byers rumors um very happy for him he seems to receive tons of love and support as well which is really cool uh, there was also this really funny video um Whereby, like, you know, it was like it was like the trend, but it was like famous celebrity dead at this year, and then like him and his friends were like, "Oh my god, guys!" Like, Noah Schnapp comes out gay at eighteen. Everyone's like cheering, like, "Oh my gosh, that's so cool!" And then it like pans like to to Noah Schnapp at the end, like going like, "Oh my gosh, what the hell? That's crazy!" It was just a cool video. I think it'd be really. <laughs> I was about to be like, if he dies, how many people do you think are going to say that he got um? What's it called? Kill your gaze or whatever it's called. Oh yeah, no, yeah. Will Byers if he dies, kill your gaze. That is yeah. true. That it does happen a lot. I really hope it doesn't, but I don't know. Strange it's things like... is fucking wild at the moment. It's like all over like I honestly have no idea what's gonna happen with the final season because it was just like fucking crazy shit happens. I feel like I don't care. Okay, I know you don't care, but here's my here's my strange things opinion anyway, right? Oh I think God. the problem with it is basically what they've shown, especially in the last season, is all of the characters that are like main and have been a part of the story for like more than a season are not going to die. They're just going to kill off all the new characters who are brought in, which means I don't think Will's going to die because he's one of the original cast. I feel like they're just going to introduce like two new characters and they're both going to die off. Which what kind of if they say that the reason why he's gay is because he went to the Upside Down and people that go to the Upside Down become gay... I mean, if that is true, I'm going to the Upside Down. I mean, not that I need to, I already am gay, but like, you know. No, you'll become straight because you... No, oh, then I'm definitely not going to the Upside Down. But then, like, they've all been to the Upside Down, they're not all gay. So... Yet. Oh, oh my gosh, they're just all gay at the end. That'd be kind of, kind of, it's kind of a slay. Um, oh, yeah, so there's that. Shout out well, to... they were all gay and then they went in and became straight. Yeah, it's like the number of times you go in. Um, yeah. So there's that, which is pretty cool. Um, no, Schnapp, if you're watching this, which I doubt he is, uh, we love you and support you. Um, yeah, there's that. Then there's also I've Golden never Globes. Watched a Stranger Thing. <laughs> oh, 
You should check it out. It's a cool show. Um, yeah, but there's Golden Globes that came out. There's lots of really, really cool winners. Um, shout out to everything, everywhere, all at once. I have one friend who will probably be watching this podcast who also very much likes this movie. I think they've seen it like four times. They like, didn't watch it for ages and then they saw it like four times in a week and it's a fucking great movie. Um, yeah, I'm really happy for Michelle Yeoh and Ke Hui Kwan. Uh, they both got, um, I believe, Best Actor and Best Supporting like Actor for their roles. It was so cool. Uh, Ke Hui Kwan was also really cool as well because I know he says like, he, he was obviously famous for being like, um, in I think Raiders of the Lost Ark and stuff and he says like one thing he feels really sad about is that like he thinks most of his best and most famous roles of acting was like when he was younger and he doesn't feel like he would be taken like seriously or get as much recognition as an older actor but obviously he's getting some renown for his role as Raymond in in Everything Ever All at Once I'm just very happy for him and Michelle Yeoh yeah she's just an incredible actress um, she did a really badass speech as well um, they were like telling her to like 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 wrap up her speech yeah. And then she was like, "I will beat you. Up. I will, I will beat you up. Like I'm I'm deadly serious because she's like a fucking black belt. Like she's so fucking cool. And she just was like, girl, I'm gonna say my speech. I'm gonna beat you up. Um, and like so, uh, she was like, trust me, I can beat you. No, that's literally what she, she's like. I can. Like she absolutely could. She's a fucking like, she's fucking so cool. And yeah, she like started the speech. She was like, I'm just gonna take a moment to like, you know, take this all in because she's you know been really hard at work for so many years and to like finally get recognition was so cute. Um, also. Another person who we absolutely love that finally got recognition was Jennifer Coolidge. I think it's like one of the first time oh that like. Oh my god, no! I love that woman. She's incredible, and she got uh, she got um, best supporting actress in a limited series or anthology or motion picture made for TV. Can we talk about how fucking terrible of a title that is? Best supporting actress in a limited series or anthology or motion picture made for TV. What a terrible name! But anyway, she got that for White Lotus. Obviously, it was the uh, spoiler. If people haven't seen it, it was. Um, the, the, the one with, with the with the murderous gaze and she has that infamous line oh I think these gays are trying to kill me <gasps> love her so much I literally <laughs> no gay would ever try and kill Jennifer yeah I literally I literally I, I honestly fucking love her so much she's so cool uh, and yet they were both over the age of 60 and both got like golden globes that's really really cool to do I believe um Brendan Fraser is not over the age of 60 I don't believe that yeah that's not canon yes yeah, she is no. She literally is. I hate that. I don't like that. How old is she? We need to like reverse. Yeah, she's time sixty. For she's sixty-one. We need to reverse time for Jennifer Coolidge. No, honestly, yeah. She, she's. Oh, I love that woman so much. She's I, I so. I don't cool. want her to die. I, I will be very sad if Jennifer Coolidge died. Jennifer yeah. Coolidge. Um, could you please never die? That would be. That's, I'm done for that. As well. requ- that's my one and only request. For you, Jennifer Coolidge. Please never die. I will be very sad if you do or die. Yeah. Um, so that was pretty cool. What else is there? Uh, Ryan Murphy got a Lifetime Achievement Award. And he shouted out um, Michelle J. Rodriguez, who last year became the first trans actress to win a Golden Globe. So that's very cool of him to do. Um, Brendan Fraser, I know he's been getting lots of love this award season. I think some people are also talking about the fact that I think his movie, The Whale, lots of people think he's going to get um, the Oscar for Best Actor uh, for that, which would be pretty cool. Um yeah, it was, it was his first role in a number of years. Um, for those of you who don't know, he got sexually assaulted by, um, I can't remember, I think it was like a Hollywood producer or director. And then he spoke out and said, this person sexually assaulted me. And so he got blacklisted from Hollywood. Allegedly, in my opinion, please don't sue me, Hollywood. That's absolutely fucking outrageous that like his career almost died because he got sexually assaulted and had the audacity to speak about it. Well, yeah, yeah. like Because he didn't act for like, what, 20 years? Yeah, of course he didn't because he got pissed off because he was like, this happened to me. And then they were like, oh, we don't care. We're just still going to have him like come to the award ceremony and shit. Allegedly, in my opinion. Like, it's fucking terrible. But yeah, I'm glad that he's, he's, he's getting love. 
I have a question. Yes. Was the producer there when he got the award? Possibly, I don't know, but I feel I feel like he's not been attending for a number of years because the guy was there and like keeps on getting praises and stuff. But also, like, let's not pretend that Hollywood gives a shit about sexual assault. Like, what's his name? Roman Polanski literally like got convicted of like, well, cannot enter the U.S. because as soon as he does, he'll be under investigation for like uh, drugging and raping a fourteen-year-old girl. And yet he got like a lifetime achievement award, and people gave him a fucking standing ovation. Like, they don't give a shit about that stuff. Fucking awful. Um. Can we just ban people from Hollywood, please? Yeah, it would honestly be, be kind of good. Um, we, like, section off Hollywood and not allow them. Yeah, they're so, like, out to, Like, yeah, Hollywood just kind of kind of sucks. Like, nothing pissed me off more. This is, like, slightly different, but also very true. Like, the fucking Will, Will Smith slap discourse was literally, like, the worst week of my life. Like, we literally had every, like, Hollywood celebrity, like, fucking losing their mind. Like, what was the name, like... Amy Schumer said, like, she had PTSD from it, and I was like, oh girl, what? Girl, you were not fucking, what, you, you went to fucking Vietnam and saw Will Smith got slapped and got PTSD, like, girl, what do you mean? He saw Will Smith get slapped. And then there was Judd, there was, happen? yeah, there, there was, there was Judd Apatow who was like, he could have been killed. It was like, girl, it was one slap. These Hollywood people are, like, t- a little, getting a little bit too comfortable, and then they see, like, one person get hit, and they're like, oh my god, guys, this was literally, this was their 9-11 moment, let's be honest. This was their 9-11? It was! Anyway, uh, very different tangent. Yeah, that was most of the notes I have, but I do also want to talk... Wasn't it revealed that um, it did turn out that What's-Her-Face did ask Will to slap? I don't know. I haven't heard this, actually. What what, what allegedly happened? Apparently, um, I can't remember her name. Um, Jada. His wife, Jada, did ask Will to do something. Oh, I don't know if that's true. Because, that's kind of crazy. Um, he, she was obviously upset about the the comment because of her um alopecia. Yeah. Yeah, I, I dunno. If it if that is true that's pretty wild. Um there is some other stuff I want to chat about as well just before we end it. Um did you see the Sam Smith music video? I know people got very angry at them for it. No I haven't basically Why angry? Well because, you know, they're a plus sized, you know, and then they're being like very like like there's like there's like very promiscuous. There are some bits that are a bit like not for me. Like there's one where they like basically, like, hint that, like, they're, like, having piss poured into their mouth and stuff, and basically just being, like, ah. very, they're being, they're being very fruity, and, you know, they're also, like, plus size, and they're, like, this is the first time I've ever loved my body and all this stuff, and, like, obviously, you know, all the conservatives being, like, this is outrageous, like, this is bloody terrible, and it's, like, you know, as I said, pissing into mouth, not my cup of tea, but, like, I don't care if, if that's what they're into, and if they want to do a music video where that happens to them, who really cares? I thought it was cool. You know, and they, they seem a lot happier now than they did before. So I don't really get why people are going to be, you know, upset about it. So Sam I need, Smith, I need I need the 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 uh, link to that so I can send it to my friend Waffles. He's just to piss. Uh, okay. Shout out to, shout out to uh, Waffles. All right. Well, I did not need to know the information, but I, I will send it to you after this podcast recording. I promise you. But yeah, I just I just wanted to say I love Sam Smith. I've also thought they're really really cool, and then good non-binary rep as well. We absolutely stand. Um. There was also, I need to mention her because I love this woman with my whole heart. Um, Peach PRC, she's got an EP coming out in April and she released um, her music video for her newest song, which I think is called Perfect For You. Uh, and it's very cute. It's like her and then like another, because she's lesbian like her. Just like a little, they have a little lesbian, little lesbian romance. It's very, very cute. It's a great music video. Uh, so check that out. And also listen to Peach PRC. I love her. 
She's so cool. She wears pink. She's a lesbian. She's the best. Um, she wears pink. She's a lesbian. Look, th- those, those are two. Th- okay, those are three important pieces of information you need to know about Peach PRC. Oh, four. One, Australian. Two, lesbian. Three, wears pink. Four, is cool. There you go. What's not to like? Um, I didn't even talk about the fact that she makes music. Anyway, um, there's that there as well. So, stream the new Peach PRC song. And then, I don't know, this is just going off the cuff a little bit. So, sorry. But have you seen any of The Last of Us? Have you seen the, the, the TV shows? Um, no, I haven't. No, not yet. Okay, I because I really need to watch it. I'm going to watch it very, very soon. But I know that that's been very, very popular with LGBTQ plus Twitter. Obviously, it's got a little bit of backlash. Um, but, like, all the backlash has come from people who, like, don't understand the source material. There is literally going to be a trans character in Season 2 because if they're going off the source material, they have a trans character in it. Um, also, people are, like, angry. They're like, oh, there's gay stuff in it. But it's like, Ellie is literally a lesbian like she literally is why are you getting angry at it it's like so fucking ridiculous um also shout out bella ramsey who said that they're gender fluid so more non-binary rap let's fucking go i don't know if you can tell but i'm very excited to watch the show first we have to finish as a house why (laughs) why did you say it like that why did you say it like the yeah, I said it like. Pinocchio. I, I was... Father, <laughs> when can I leave and go out to the world? Yeah, it's been like a year since that uh, trailer came out. By the way, yeah, it's been a year. That's a since long... that amazing representation. Yeah, um, I, I really want to watch The Last of Us. I think it's gonna be pretty good. We have to finish watching Andor as a house first, though, which is actually a pretty good Star Wars show. You know, call me crazy. I thought they could make anything good since like, but apparently they can't. So very hyped for that. Um. Yeah, and then next time, I will let you know my thoughts in detail. All the, all, all, all the hot takes, everything about The Last of Us. Um, it's pretty good. Also, this is not really that related, but I mean, I feel like JoJo is pretty fruity. Part 6 was really fucking good. I just hate how Netflix suck at releasing it. So, there you go. That, that's, just, that's all. I I hate JoJo's now. No. Um, I want more Maiden Heaven, please. Maiden Heaven is one of my favourite sounds. It is pretty cool, to be fair. It was it was very cool. Yeah, I, I just... Yeah, so that's, that's basically all, 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 all the info that's been happening over the past, like, month or whatever. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll keep you posted when when more gay, gay-related news comes when out. Gay. And as I said, if you're listening to this from the 6th of February onwards... HIV testing week. Remember to get tested. It's very, very important. Um, yeah, but I hope you've enjoyed the Ember Ridge podcast. I've enjoyed chatting to you, Red. I hope you've enjoyed chatting to me. I hated it. Well, that's that's very, very fair. Do not worry. Um, yeah, we'll you. see you. We'll see you in like. We'll see you in like a month. Uh, love you, besties. Ciao Speak bella, soon. Ciao bye. Mm-hmm.